Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Look and Listen podcast. Once again, we're back with another one-on-one episode. And as you already know, each one of these is designed to bring you a brand new conversation, brand new interview, brand new perspective. the brand new introduction over some brand new production Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash looklistenpod. There are over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome back. 2017 Look and Listen podcast. We are back on these streets. It's been a while since I got on this microphone and hollered at y'all. But uh, we back, baby. And as you see from the title of this, this is what I'm calling a mini mixtape. And I will explain why that is here in a moment. But, uh, yo, happy new year, man. I know it's <laughs> it's like the end of February here, but you know what I'm saying? It's my first time talking to y'all in 2017, man. Happy new year, everybody. I hope everybody's off to a pretty good start. You know what I'm saying? I hope you enjoyed the holiday season. And uh, hopefully your 2017, your individual 2017, is going well, despite some of the crazy shit that's going on in this world and in, in this country that we know as the United States of America. But that's a whole other topic for another time. You know what I mean? But, um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm glad to be back on these podcast streets. And um, like I said, I'm calling this a mini mixtape. And I'm explaining to you why that is right now. So, as y'all know, you know what I'm saying? I've been fucking with the podcasting for a little while. 
as a fan and then now as a host. You know what I'm saying? I've had this show for a little minute now. And, um, you know, I've enjoyed doing that. Um, and, you know, my roots in this stuff are kind of, you know, in the in the, the film thing. You know what I'm saying? I, I might have told the story before, but, you know, back in 2001, um, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I got a work study position when I was in college and uh, I ended up um, learning how to do a number of different things with a video production. You know, I learned how to shoot, how to edit lighting, all that stuff, because, you know, where I was working at at that time, they needed somebody who was, you know, sort of up to speed on all of those things. So my supervisor at that moment, you know, decided that he was going to teach me how to do all of those things so that I could be plugged into any one of those situations. So, you know, along the way, you know, what I'm saying I, I decided to start the L Brothers Media thing. And right now that's still just me. But, you know, hopefully in the future, you know, there will be other people that work for the company and, and we'll be able to make some money out here and in a lot of different areas and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, the the video production thing was something that started back in 01. And then I started this shit here, the LB Media in uh, 2011. So that was 10 years later. And I forget exactly when the podcast began, but that was probably somewhere around 2013 or 14 or whatever. So a few years in the game with this shit, you know what I'm saying? So I've got the, the video production stuff. And I also have the podcast, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, for those that might not know or might not remember, the original idea for this podcast was to be uh, an outlet for a book club that I was trying to do at the time. You know what I'm saying? I started the uh, Look and Listen book club. And, you know what I'm saying? I wanted to have people be able to connect from all around the country, even around the world or whatever, and, you know, read or listen to uh, books, you know what I'm saying? That's where the look and listen came from. The look would be from you actually reading the physical text, whether it be on uh, a mobile device or uh, a tablet or an iPad or something like that, or actually, you know, buying the book and flipping through the actual pages or listening, you know, you know, in terms of, of listening through uh, an audio book or whatever, you know, like we said earlier with audible.com and shit, you know what I'm saying? Um, so the original idea was to be able to have people get together, read or listen to the books, shoot out some questions and all that kind of stuff, and then eventually be able to have the discussions about those books on the podcast. And then, you know, over time, it eventually evolved into uh, the one on one episodes, you know, which y'all know and hopefully love. And also the mixtapes, which you all know and hopefully love as well. You know what I'm saying? So the podcast has evolved in the time that I've been doing it because the book club really didn't take off the way that I wanted it to. And, um, you know, I, I just wanted to use this space. I created this space for myself. So I wanted to, you know what I'm saying? Have, have it be something that I could do at least on a fairly consistent basis, if not a, you know, a weekly, you know, or, or set schedule type of occurrence, you know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, and, and, and another thing that I might've mentioned before is that, you know, I'm a huge hip hop fan. So this mini mixtape is is in reference to that. Excuse me. Um, you know, as I said on the hip hop one on one episode uh, and I might have said other times, you know, I've always been a huge fan of hip hop music, um, you know, in particularly in particular, the uh, the stuff that came out in the, in the 90s. You know, what I'm saying the, the mid 
really the whole 90s, but like sort of like the mid to late 90s, which, you know, most of us kind of recognize as the golden era where you had, you know, classic albums like Illmatic and Reasonable Doubt and Ready to Die, The Chronic and uh, Wu-Tang 36 Chambers and, you know, all of these great, great albums that, you know, people hold in high regard now, even at this point in 2017, you know, the, the things that made the people that we were listening to at that time legendary, you know what I'm saying, that put them in that Hall of Fame or in that discussion of people's top five to ten MCs and, you know, five to ten albums and all that kind of stuff. Like, you know, that's what I'm really the most, you know, mostly a fan of or whatever. And and, and even at this stage, I still listen to a lot of that stuff, but I listen to a lot of things that are sort of reminiscent of that time. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to be trying to rhyme like those cats, but what I really am looking for is dope beats and dope rhymes. You know what I'm saying? That's what hip-hop is to me. Is dope ass beats that um, uh, immediately make your head start nodding, you know, involuntarily nodding. You, you know, the beat just comes on and you're like, oh shit, you know what I mean? Your your, your head just starts going. Like Mad Skill said back in the day, I got your head nodding because your neck nose is fat. You know what I mean? Like that type of shit. And then once you hear that type of beat, you know, an MC getting on that microphone and killing that shit. You know what I'm saying? It's like okay, the producer has already hooked me with with the audio with with the 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 track or whatever so i'm 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 here now i'm 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 locked into this i'm ready to hear what this song is about i'm nodding my head and you know i got my face balled up and everything like that and i'm ready to hear what's what's about to happen and then when that mc comes on that microphone and he or she crushes it and rides that beat perfectly and says all kinds of dope shit on it it's like the best thing in the world to me so as i might have said um on that hip-hop one-on-one joint which you can go back into the archive and check out it was myself rod from the black eye who tips and uh mike and brandon from where's my 40 acres shout out to all three of those brothers shout out to those podcasts if you're not listening to those go ahead and check those out you know what i mean um but the lyrics has always been the thing that really really caught my attention you know what i'm saying but as a kid when i was probably about seven or eight years old you know I actually started rapping, you know what I'm saying? Um, that was a time in my life where I actually started kind of figuring out some things, you know what I'm saying? I, I picked my favorite teams and, you know, I picked, you know, the music that I like. And, you know, a lot of things started kind of coming together. Like my taste, you know, sort of started developing around that time. This is 1987, 1988, you know what I'm saying? So we taking it back, you know what I mean? That was when all of that stuff started kind of coming together for me. Um, and somewhere around that time, I don't know when or why or how or whatever, you know what I'm saying? I decided to try to, you know, try my hand at, you know, spitting some rhymes or whatever. And, you know, I did it whenever the first time I did it was. And, you know what I'm saying? I thought, okay, well, this is this actually sounds like something. You know what I'm saying? It's not the hottest shit I've ever heard. But, you know, it actually sounds like a little something. You know what I mean? So I just stuck with it. And eventually... I got better and better at it. I was more of a freestyler. I still am, you know what I'm saying? I, I I never have really written rhymes down, you know what I'm saying? I always kind of felt, after a while, I always sort of felt like I could probably write better for someone else than I could write for myself. Like, I just felt more comfortable saying my own rhymes off the top of my head or, or stuff that, you know, I might have kind of had a few lines already in mind and then just freestyling the rest of the way. So we used to rap all the time, you know what I'm saying? We used to rap at school, 
you know, on the bus when we, you know, I played basketball and tennis and stuff. Um, you know, so when we were going on road trips and things like that, you know what I'm saying, we rapped over there. I remember when I did the Botillion back in the days, you know what I'm saying, niggas used to have a cypher with that, you know, and it was one of those things where the classic cypher that we used to have back in the day was somebody beatboxing or beating on the table, making the beat, and then somebody else rapping. And then, you know, you just kind of trade off. So I might be beatboxing for a while and somebody else is rapping. Then, you know, they would take over the beatbox and I would take over the rap. And, you know, depending on how many people were in that, you know what I'm saying, we just had that thing pass around. Some people just stick, stuck with the beats and shit. Some people just tapped on the table and, you know, or just did the beatbox and they never tried to say no rhymes or whatever. But we always had ciphers going on. That Like, that was, that was part of our thing. So in terms of, like, being able to rap and sort of being in the mentality of an MC. I've always kind of had that. That's something that I've, you know, been able to do for a long time. Like I said, it's probably around seven, eight years old. I'm currently 37. So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's been that long that I've been rocking with this stuff. You know what I'm saying? So I don't necessarily know where everybody gets their inspiration from or their process of how they write their rhymes or how they freestyle their rhymes or whatever like that. But the general sense of being able to hear a beat, feel it, and then, you know, come up with something creative and fly to spit over it. I've been in that mind state for a long time. So I understand how the MC does what he or she does. But one thing that I always kind of wanted to know and always kind of wanted to learn how to do, but never did up until a certain point was actually how to make the beats. Like I'm listening to all of these classic albums, like I mentioned earlier, and I'm hearing producers like DJ Premier and Pete Rock and the RZA and Large Professor and LES and Dr. Dre and, um, you know, so many people. Um, shit, uh, Easy Mo B and, you know, Marley Marl and all these motherfuckers that, you know, have made all of these classic songs and albums over the course of the history of this hip hop music and culture that we know and love. And I'm always sitting there like, yo. How the fuck do they do that shit? Like, how do you take, you know, and this is when it comes to sampling. How do you take a piece from something that's already been done? Take that piece from there. Maybe compile a few other things from other places. Then go into the studio and create a brand new composition that includes all of those things and some of your own original stuff too. Your own drums that you played or you know, your own keys or any other instruments or whatever like that and come up with a brand new thing. Think of it like this. If I go to an art museum and they've got stuff by Dali and, and they've got Da Vinci and they've got Picasso and, and Frida Kahlo and all these other greats or whatever, right? And I just go in there and I, I cut off a piece of something from Dali and I cut off a piece from Da Vinci and I cut off a piece from Pablo Picasso and then I go back to my studio and I take those pieces that I cut from there and then I come up with a brand new composition and I make a painting of my own that includes all of those things that I took from those other places but when you see my painting it's like these pieces that I took from these other places like they were intended they were meant to be in this new space I took puzzle pieces from another from other puzzles and created my own brand new puzzle. 
You know what I'm saying? Like that shit was always dope to me how cats did that shit. You know, and like I said, there's so many beats that I could think of, you know, that just made me involuntarily nod my head. Like the first time, like the very first time that I heard this shit, like, damn, like shit. You know what I mean? Like you just start nodding your head and, you know, just kind of going crazy to it or whatever. So I was always kind of like, how do they do that shit? Like, I would like to know how to do this. And, you know, this is a story that I end up telling you in a future episode. I'm going to continue to explain things right now and we'll get into what that other thing will be at some point um, a little bit later in this conversation before I play these couple joints that I want to play for y'all or whatever. So years and years and years went by. Um, I had a cousin. I have a cousin. You know, we're the same age. I'm like six months older than him. Uh, my cousin, Travis, um, you know, he's been making music for a long time. He played you know, uh, different instruments in high school and stuff. I actually played, I tried to play the drums for a short period of time when I was a kid. And then I played the uh, saxophone for maybe two years or something like that. Um, when I was like in fourth or fifth grade or whatever like that. But then I started playing basketball and I kind of just left the music shit alone. You know what I'm saying? So I have a little bit of experience playing like so-called real instruments. You know what I'm saying? But Travis was, you know, he was in the band and he was all that kind of stuff. He was a ball player too. But um, as far back as at least high school, but, you know, maybe, you know, well, actually at least college, but probably further back into high school and even when he was younger, he'd been playing instruments. And, um, you know, I know for sure in college he had an MPC drum machine, you know what I'm saying? I think it was the 2000. Um and he was a producer. He was fucking around with music, like doing some hip hop shit. I have a documentary that I did on him back in 2007. I put the link in the show notes so that you can go back and watch that. It's called Introducing Joe Beverly. And uh, we did that in 2007. Uh, in 06 and 07, I was in a, in a digital film program. And we had this assignment um, one, one of the semesters. And one of the options that we had was that you could do a documentary. So at that time, I was like, yo, this documentary shit would be pretty cool. Because back at that point, like I said, once again, it's 2007. So we're both 27 years old. And um, he was in grad school. He went undergrad and grad school to uh, North Carolina A&T in Greensboro, North Carolina. And I went to NC State, you know what I'm saying, which is in Raleigh, which is probably about an hour apart Greensboro and Raleigh about an hour apart so I used to go out there all the time you know what I'm saying and and, and kick it with him and you know we used to go to A&T homecoming and just go for regular weekends and all that kind of thing so when this when this assignment came to do you know the documentary that you know I chose a documentary option or whatever and I was like yo I want to do a documentary on him so he was in grad school as I said I think he was going for a PhD and he was also messing with the music. So the documentary introducing Joe Beverly is about the two sides of his life. You know, how he was a grad school student by day and a producer who was trying to make a name for himself in, in the music business at night. And at that point in time, and, and even before that, but definitely in the process of making that, driving out to Greensboro a few weekends and all that kind of stuff to shoot all the footage for that stuff and everything like that. There had been a lot of conversations where I asked him specifically how he did things like, you know, what's your process and, 
you know, how do you pick samples and blah, blah, blah. Like I had questions about that, but for some reason I never asked him to show me how to do it. You know what I'm saying? Like I never, I don't know why I didn't think about asking him to show me how to do it. Like, yo, let me sit in front of this machine. Show me how you do this shit. Like, how do you program these different sounds into your MPC and then play them back and edit the shit and blah, blah, blah. Never asked. I don't know why. So all these years later, you know what I'm saying? Now, 10 years later, 10 years after that has been done, I finally decided that I wanted to go ahead and try my hand at this music shit too. And uh, if you're a Facebook friend of mine and if you are a Twitter friend of mine, or even if you, um, if you, uh, you know, fuck with me on Instagram or whatever, then you might be aware of the fact that um, right around Thanksgiving, I think like right after Thanksgiving of 2016, this is now uh, late February of 2017. So just a few months ago, you know, I decided that I was going to go ahead and give it a shot. So what happened with that? And this is something that I will tell you all again later, as I mentioned, you know, what I'm saying we're building up to that moment where I exactly explain exactly what that's going to come up to. And why this is a mini mixtape and what the future is going to hold. So in November, right after um, Thanksgiving or whatever, I decided I was going to try this shit. Um, I had been watching a lot of these Mass Appeal. Mass Appeal is a record label started by my man Nas. And, um, you know, what I'm saying they have a YouTube channel, pretty cool YouTube channel. And one of the, the video playlists that they have on there. It's called Rhythm Roulette. And what they do with that is they take a producer and they blind, blindfold him or her. They go to a record store. They blindfold this person and they randomly select three different albums or whatever. Then they take those back to their studio. They, you know, sort of shift, you know, sift through them, try to find something that they can sample and create a beat with. You know, so there's somewhere, you know, they've only been able to find like a small piece on one of the three records. There's been times where cats have found something on all three and made multiple beats and all that kind of stuff. But it's it's just a random thing of you literally being being blindfolded, selecting three random things at the record store and then having to come up with something. Um, So there's a lot of them that I that I've really enjoyed in the time that I've been watching those online. Again, that's the mass appeal. Um, they have a channel on YouTube or whatever, so you can check those out. One of my favorite ones was done by A-Rap Music. This one came out in like maybe October of um, 2016. And you can look this up. Um, the joint that he did was pretty dope. He actually didn't buy vinyl records. He, he sampled off of CDs. But it was the same process. He went to the record store. They blindfolded him. He picked three random CDs and then took them back to his studio and had to come up with something. So in the process of watching his video, he's got his regular MPC and, you know, a bunch of other stuff in the studio or whatever. But he had this keyboard drum machine thing that I noticed while he was making the beat. And I actually didn't catch the name of it at the time, but... The NPC is made by a Kai professional. And I knew that he was an Akai dude. You know what I'm saying? So I saw the Akai on the thing, but I didn't catch the rest of it the first time I watched it. It's called the Akai MPK Mini. 
And what it is, it's a it's a, it's a little keyboard that's got eight drum pads, but it's also got two different banks. So you actually have 16 pads like the normal MPC or machine or, you know, any of these other, um, you know, drum machines out there or whatever. And he used the MPK mini to make a part of the beat that he made. And I kind of looked at it. I was like, yo, that's kind of fly right there. Like that's that's actually pretty dope. It wasn't right away that I thought about this, but maybe, you know, a week or two later or something like that, you know, sometime around, you know, like I said, as we got, you know, closer to Thanksgiving time or whatever, I had thought about it again. And I was like, yo, I always wanted to learn how to do this music shit, man. You know what I'm saying? It would be kind of cool if I could actually try to find something like that little keyboard drum machine that, that A-Rab had in his video. So I went on Amazon and... I don't remember exactly what I searched, but I searched something like keyboard drum machine or whatever like that. And the very first thing that popped up was the MPK mini from a Kai professional. And when I saw the picture of it, it was the exact same thing that he had in the video. I was like, oh, shit, that's the exact joint that he had in his video. So I looked at the price. It was only one hundred dollars. I was like, yo, one hundred dollars. That's not a huge financial investment. And just from watching the different um, rhythm roulette videos and from just seeing the stuff that people have in this, whatever kind of video, I, you know, like I said, back in the day, going to Travis's studio and seeing his setup that he had in, in his studio or whatever, I knew that the keyboard was one of the most important elements of a studio or whatever, because you can play literally any instrument on the keyboard, you know, stuff that's already programmed into it. And then, you know, once you start getting into software and, and plugins and all that kind of stuff, then you can actually, you know, put in all kinds of other stuff or whatever. So it's like, I know I need a keyboard and I want to try to learn how to do the sampling thing and use drum pad, you know, the drum machine and, and the, the pads and all that kind of stuff. So this machine was perfect for me. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, I'm gonna go ahead and get one of these, man. And um, so I went ahead and, and, you know, went through the whole process of, you know, ordering the thing and everything like that. And, um, you know, in the time that I actually was waiting on it to to be delivered, I started to think about it in another way. Because the, 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 my initial thought was, you know, this is something I always kind of wanted to learn how to do. It'll be kind of fun and, and all that kind of stuff. You know, it'll, it'll be, you know, maybe a chance to just learn something new or whatever, you know. But then I thought about it like in the days that I waited for it to get here. Start thinking about it on another level, which was like, yo, this might actually help me with my creative energy, generally speaking. You know, I mentioned the podcast stuff and the, the video production stuff earlier. You know, sometimes when you don't really go to that place mentally, it's kind of hard to get there. It's kind of hard to think of things. So I started thinking about it on, on, on the level of like with me actually trying to learn how to make music and learn how these cats do what they do it might sort of unlock a creative energy that's already within me. Like I'm going to that place, you know, it's kind of like if, you know, if you watch sports or whatever and, um, you know, you see a football player and, you know, maybe a running back or whatever like that. And, you know, he ends up doing like yoga or he ends up, you know, taking a dance class or something like that to kind of work on footwork. You know, it's something totally outside of what he does normally, but, some of the skills and some of the things that you sort of learn in that new area, that new hobby or whatever you want to call it can sort of translate to what you actually do on your professional shit. Right. 
So I was kind of thinking of it in that sense, like maybe as I learn how to do this music stuff and, 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 and sort of challenge myself in this new and different creative type of way, because I'm going to that part of my mind more often, maybe it'll start unlocking some creative energy that will help me come up with video projects or help me come up with different ideas for the podcast and stuff like that. You know, hopefully this makes sense to you. You know what I'm saying? Hopefully it doesn't sound like crazy talk for me to say that, you know, music can make me a better filmmaker or a better podcaster. But I really think that there's something to that. You know what I'm saying? Because once again, it's kind of like it's sort of like a muscle. You know what I'm saying? You sort of develop your muscle. You develop your brain in certain ways or whatever. And once you sort of go to certain places more and more often, just like that athlete who's sort of stepping outside of what he he or she normally does, you can kind of like sort of develop things and like I said you might develop your footwork you know there's certain you know dance moves that you might have learned in that dance class that can kind of help you on that football field or there's certain things that you know you might have learned in in yoga or by you know doing meditation that sort of help you become a better basketball player or whatever so I I was thinking of it in that way so I was like I didn't even know this when I thought when I first bought this thing, I didn't even think about it. But this might actually be a good investment into me becoming more and more of what I would like to become, which is one day a person that can not have to work for somebody else and have my own thing going on. Plus, there's also the thing where, you know, as I said earlier, I've always, you know, when 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 I learned how to do my video production stuff, um. You know, my supervisor at that time taught me how to do a few different things. Now, if I was just brought in to learn how to do one thing, I might have still asked questions to learn how to do some of that other stuff. But he taught me how to do a bunch of stuff at one time because that's what they needed. So I was able to become more self-sufficient. So it's like one day it would actually be kind of cool to do a video project that I was actually able to create the music for. And shoot all of the footage and edit all of the footage and blah, blah, blah. You know what I'm saying? Just to have my name and the credits in each one of those key spaces. Um, so all of that to say, you know, I'm trying this music shit out. I'm a few months into the game. I still have a long way to go. But I feel like it has actually helped me in some of those other creative areas. And two of those things that I've thought about. Or once I get a little bit more comfortable with doing it, I mean, you've seen some of the stuff on my Instagram, on my Facebook, or even Twitter or whatever. But once I feel a little bit more comfortable, a little bit more like I know what I'm doing, I want to actually sort of do like a documentary where I sort of record my progress, where I set up my camera and, and sort of retell this whole story that I just told y'all sort of in short and, you know, show the process of making some of this music and you know, how I think it can help me in, in, in those other areas. So that's sort of like a, a little, you know, film project right there in itself. And then the thing that I mentioned before is that, you know, one day once I feel like I've got a lot more stuff that I feel comfortable with and I feel like, OK, I know what I'm doing and this is something that people should hear. I want to give you all a mixtape of my shit. You know what I'm saying? Music that I created, like, you know, a whole mixtape of X amount of songs that from start to finish is just shit that I did. You know what I'm saying? As I just kind of start compiling different beats and, and stacking them up and all of that and feeling comfortable and confident enough to say, yo, this is something the people should hear. You know what I'm saying? So I'm kind of going out on a limb right now. Um, 
you know, I'm not necessarily at either one of those points just yet, but I think I'm in a in a good enough space to do what we're about to do right now. And that's the play for y'all. Three of the tracks that I've made to this point. Once again, we started right after Thanksgiving of 2016. It's now late February of 2017. So just a few months into the game, you know, I present to you a few tracks that I did, you know, with stuff that I learned off of watching some YouTube videos, having a couple conversations, like I said, with my cousin Travis, um, you know, and, and a couple other people that fuck around with this music and just kind of sitting here in front of the MPK, in front of the computer, sort of tapping things out and just sort of learning the the sort of technical side of it you know what to click and what to you know what button to push and all that kind of stuff as well as the creative side of it okay now i learned how to chop a sample i'm i'm getting better at that now how can i figure out how to play this shit and make something out of it you know what i'm saying so what we're going to do right now is get into three of the joints that i have completed the first one is the very first beat very first beat that i ever made the second one is one that i made a little bit more recently and the third one is the most recent one that i did i just finished that and um you know i've been using uh mpc essentials as my software and then i learned how to use mpc essentials as a vst plugin inside GarageBand. so actually the very first one that you hear is going to be something that was just straight from essentials and in these next two the last two will be joints that i ended up doing where i ended up chopping up the sample in essentials but then used essentials as a plug-in inside GarageBand and use GarageBand to do the entire thing um it gave me a few more instruments and all that kind of stuff so i think the sound the quality of the sound on the last two are better than the first one but uh yo check these joints out you know i'm a little nervous to put them out there because like i said i ain't like all the way nice with it and all that kind of stuff but i will say this a few months in the game if these shit sound garbage hey nigga i only been doing this shit for a few months but if they sound good if they sound hot if you nod your head at all to any of these then be impressed by the fact that i was able to do something like that just in a few months so you know what i mean like Either way, it should be a win-win situation. But I do want to say this, like, for everybody that hears this, if you're a Facebook friend of mine, if you follow me on Twitter, um, at L Brothers Media, at Look, Listen, Pod, um, you know, even Instagram or whatever, at L Brothers Media on there too, yo, let me know what you think. You know what I'm saying? You know, if you check out this mini mixtape and you hear what I had to say here and then you hear these beats and you have any kind of comment on that, let me know, you know what I'm saying, shout me out, man, you know what I'm saying, hit me up on any one of those social media platforms, and, um, you know, just kind of let me know what you think about the stuff that I play for y'all on this little mini mixtape, um, we'll be back soon with a, 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 a one-on-one, working out the details on that one, it's going to be a little bit different than the other ones, I'm not going to give away exactly how it's going to work, but it's going to be a little different than how the other one-on-one episodes have been, um, but, if it goes well with that one, then I think that that might be a, a new way to do those as well. You know, we'll stick with the normal format, but then we'll also do something like this brand new one or whatever. So 
be on the lookout for that. That might be coming um, maybe around the 11th or something like that, March 11th or whatever, somewhere around that time. You know, we got to work out the set the date and time for that or whatever. But that's when we're talking about. So that should be coming your way soon. But without any further ado, go ahead and check out some of my music, man. You know what I'm saying? My very first track and then two of the most recent ones, man. Let's go. So that first one samples James Booker, Ain't Nobody's Business. This next one samples Soul to Soul, Back to Life, the acapella version. And I'll tell you about the last one after this one plays. Let's go. This last one uses a sample from the acapella version of Devil's Pie by D'Angelo, just like that uh, Back to Life remix or, or acapella version. You know, you heard this in the movie Belly. So uh, let's get into it. That's it. That's all I got for y'all. I mean, I have more, but you know what I'm saying? These are the, the ones that stand out the most right now. You know what I'm saying? The ones that I feel the most comfortable letting people hear at this point. You know what I'm saying? So hopefully, you know, you enjoyed them. And, uh, you know, there'll be a lot more to come. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, I'll, I'll continue to work on this and uh, and see what kinds of things creatively come about in other areas as well. 
Um, I want to thank y'all for listening to the Look and Listen podcast. You know, go back into the archives. You know what I'm saying? Check out the hip-hop one-on-one joint that I mentioned and all the other stuff. The other mixtapes, the other one-on-one episodes. Check out that Audible trial, um, you know, link that I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast. Check out the Introducing Joe Beverly joint, which I'm going to put in the uh, show notes. Go back and look at that on my Vimeo page. And just stay tuned for more, you know what I'm saying? We definitely hope to, you know, create and put out a lot more good stuff in, in a few different mediums, you know what I'm saying? With the video shit, the podcast shit, and now this music shit. So just keep rocking with your boy. Highlight me on Twitter, at L Brothers Media, at Look Listen Pod. And, um, you know, until next time, we out of here. Peace.